we're getting used to the schedule and the, uh, the order of worship and timing and all. And, you know, we have time to pray. We have time to be in prayer together. So I'm going to give us an opportunity just in the silence. Uh, I'll lead us in prayer. And then after that, I want to invite you to join me in the Lord's Prayer as you know it. Um, so let's bow our heads in time of silence and just use it however you desire to talk to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of now. The gift of being present with you as we are present with one another, whether we are physically in this room together or we are joined together by spirit. Thank you for this time that we are able to enjoy together with you and one another. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of prayer this holy conversation that we get to spend time with you and not just in speaking, but in listening. Lord, it seems sometimes it's in prayer that we learn to hear your voice. Even as you know ours already and you even know our names. Yet you desire to hear from us as your children, as any good parent does. So, Lord, we share our lives with you in the midst of prayer. I don't know what was uttered in silence, Lord, but you do. You've received each prayer, whether it was a prayer of need or praise, whether it was an acknowledgement of the blessings of life or seeking uh, intervention in a time of need. Lord, we pray for healing and we pray for wholeness. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for mercy. We pray for direction, we pray for encouragement, and so many other different things, whether it's for ourselves, our family and friends, neighbors, maybe it's even for strangers. As we look upon the, the chaos and the hurt and the hardship that's around the world or around town, you know their names, you know their places, but these are things that touch our hearts, Lord, so we share them with you. And Lord, we also give you thanks for all the blessings of life, that which we can name and number and that which doesn't really have a, a great name and certainly is difficult to number, but Lord, they're yours. For all good things come from above. And the greatest gift of all is your Son, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray now the prayer that Jesus has taught his followers our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now we turn to God's word in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days, but visions and visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. This is like some parent's nightmare, right? You put your kids to bed. It's different, but this is, it feels like it to me. Meaning, does it feel like this to you? Yeah, right. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. If he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In our world today, we have many means of communication with each other. Many different kinds that... I don't know, as a child, I never would have thought was beyond the Jetsons cartoon. But it seems sometimes that no matter how, uh, how many types of equipment or technology we might have access to, it's still hard sometimes to communicate. We have wonderful neighbors. We, we've been in the house, I don't know, not a month yet, not maybe a couple weeks. But our neighbors to the left are amazing people. They are the most friendly people I think I may have ever known, especially to meet them right out of the bat. And so when we're in the yard, and they're out in the yard all the time, it seems, we speak. But this week I was cutting grass. I had my earbuds in. Uh, the wife was outside doing different things. She had her headphones on. And neither of us were talking to each other, but we kept thinking that the other was talking to us. You ever had those moments where, you're, especially with earbuds on, she was talking to somebody, and every once in a while I would make, up to make eye contact just in case she was going to say something, but we kept doing this thing for maybe 10 minutes till we both realized we're just doing our thing. Communication is hard, folks, <laughs> but it's important to maintain uh, avenues of communication, to be open to talk, and more importantly, to be open to listen. And I say this all because in some ways, this is what Samuel's story is. Now, he didn't have mobile phones and earbuds, but but Samuel was getting a message loud and clear. He just didn't know where the signal was coming from. He didn't know to whom to answer the call. Samuel's story is an interesting one. It's 
One of the more detailed life stories, particularly in the Old Testament, um, we, we might remember childhood stories of Jesus and, and um, even David and different things, but there are not many childhood stories, but we get one of Samuel, especially for a person that, I don't know about you, but doesn't seem to jump out at me from Scripture as somebody we, we look at a lot. But Samuel's presence in the uh, Old Testament is very strong and very powerful. And we see his story from his birth with his mother, Hannah, um, to his, uh, well, before his birth with his mother, Hannah, who prayed for a child and was given a son, and, and she offered his life to, the, to, the, to Yahweh, to the temple, and, and sent him there to live at some point later on. She even named him Shemuel, and it comes from two words, to hear God. His name was God heard. God heard my prayer. So she named him as such. God heard. And here is the result of God's hearing. As the scripture was telling us that Samuel was raised uh, in the temple by the priest Eli. Eli had two biological sons who were, well, they didn't do very good things. They were pretty, they fell down on the job, so to speak, and, and they were blaspheming God. So it seemed like Eli had a second chance in Samuel. So as Samuel heard the voices at night, or the voice at night, and goes to Eli each time, we eventually see that Eli has recognized what is going on. And encourages Samuel to listen with a different ear the second time. This is, in many ways, a call story that, if on the, on the big level, is parallel to what many call stories are. There's this internal call and an external recognition of the call. Sometimes in call to ministry or call to do God's work in the world, there's this internal nudge and we're not really sure about it until we hear some affirmation from the outside. Or maybe it begins as affirmation from the outside and then eventually we go like, oh, I, I, I get that now. Samuel had both. He had this internal and external voice speaking to him to point him to follow God's call. And Samuel would do that. And it seems that Samuel's call to ministry was to simply, and not simply, but it's pretty direct to speak on God's behalf. To speak on God's behalf, and he does in many, in many ways, in many different times. And we see it in many different roles throughout his life. The role changes because circumstances changes, but for Samuel, the call remains the same. He begins as a judge of Israel. This is before the kings. This is when they were, um, had taken over the promised land, and they were ruled by a series of judges throughout, their, throughout the generations. And different tribes had different judges, and Samuel was one of those judges, and he was the last judge in Israel. And as a spokesman for God, he also was a prophet, a seer. Not somebody who prophesied the future, but saw what was happening in the present and spoke to what God would have them do in response to what was going on in the world around them. Samuel's role also was as a priest. We see his priestly uh, work being done, and we hear him referred to as priest 
in the in the Psalms, we hear he's a, on the line of, of Levi, who is the priestly. That's the priestly line out of the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a kingmaker, and a king will fire, as Devin said, a kingbreaker. He made Saul king because the people wanted a king, because Eli's sons had done such a poor job in their leading that they decided they needed one king like all the other nations around them. So Samuel said, all right, fine, pick one. And they picked Saul. He was a head taller than everybody else. He looked like a king. Let's go with him. Later on, Samuel would lead the charge against rejecting Saul as king and anoint David as his follower, as his um, as the one to follow him. And also we see Samuel himself was a father. His sons didn't do such a great job either. But we see these different roles in his life. He had one call, but many different roles. The circumstances around him changed, but his call remained the same, to speak on behalf of God, to extend God's word to those around him so that they might judge for themselves and learn for themselves to following God's ways, so that they might become or live into the fullness of who they are as the people of Israel. And for us, it would be as the people of followers of Jesus Christ. So every call, everyone is called to ministry, however. It's not just called to be a priest or a judge or a seer or a prophet or, or what have you. We believe within our tradition that everyone who is baptized is called into ministry. Through your baptism, you are called into ministry. We are called into ministry. Some of us are called into set-apart ministry. It would be ordained ministry. Some are called into uh, church work that's not ordained but still very vital to the life of the church. Some people are called into things that have nothing to do with church life, but it's everything to do with taking care of God's children God's people, God's creation. And sometimes our job is not our call. Some of you might say, you are correct, sir. My job is not my call. Sometimes our call just makes us able to follow the other part of our call in our life. It just, it, maybe it pays the bills. Maybe it does something good for someone. But it doesn't really scratch that itch. It doesn't really answer that call, that internal call that God has placed upon our lives. When I was in my, I guess I was 19 or 20, I knew I was gonna be a medical doctor. I knew from the age of at least 10 that I was gonna be a medical doctor. Maybe at some times I knew I was gonna be a medical doctor in space as an astronaut. It got complex there in my elementary years. But from about 10 on, it was just gonna be a doctor. Always left the door open for astronaut, but still, be a doctor. So all the way I went through school, my friends all knew I was gonna be a doctor. This is kind of what we, we all planned. That was, that was what I was going to be. The summer after my first year in college, I participated as a counselor at Camp Rainbow Connection. Some of you are f familiar with that, but if you're not, it's a, a camp for adults with developmental delays. And uh, it's been going on for decades now, and it's still a, a, a ministry of the United Methodist Church of the Virginia Conference of the United Methodist Church. And while I was there, there are many different pastors involved as counselors in that place. And something about the atmosphere of seeing other pastors as real people, 
Something about seeing uh, God's love embraced and shared, not just from the counselors, but also from the campers. I can't name for you exactly what it was, but in the midst of that, that internal voice started to speak to me. And I went home, and I said to my mom, Mom, I, I, I think I maybe God wants me to be a pastor. And she said, I thought, I thought that might be the case. I'm not quoting her verbatim. She doesn't speak like that, but I don't remember exactly what she said. Then I went upstairs, and Dad was washing dishes because that's what Dad does. And I said the same thing, and he said almost the same thing to me. I had that internal and that external voice. But then I went back to school the fall, and the voice that had been my voice that had been speaking throughout my life was poking back up. And I was like, well, maybe not. Maybe I misunderstood. So it was a couple more years of school and different opportunities and continued work with, with Camp Rainbow Connection and other, other things that that internal voice kept getting louder and louder and louder. I was pushing down and God was lifting up. So eventually I said, I said, yes, here I am. Everybody's call stories are different. I even had a seminary um, a fellow seminarian who said he actually did hear a voice. Now those are rare. Most of us have this kind of internal impression but sometimes they do come audibly. But as I said earlier, not every call is to be an ordained ministry or even to church life. My wife, Lori, she felt her call at that same camp to Camp Rainbow Connection to special education. She knew she was called to teach, but she didn't know to what. And her call to special education came in the midst of, of that work um, that we did together that we, where we got to know each other. All of us are called by God to serve him and to serve God's kingdom for the betterment of, of his kingdom and the betterment of the world. And, but oftentimes, we put other things in our way. We put our other dreams or other aspirations ahead of us. We put our own shortcomings in front of us and say, yes, God, but. One of my, one, there's a video, I love this video, and I didn't, have, I didn't have it to share so that we could show it, but. The video is called March of the Unqualified, and it's a ministry video that talks about God calling those of us, all, any of us, all of us, our shortcomings and all. And it goes through this wonderful list reminding us of all the people that we look back on in Scripture as being these great folks in Scripture, and we forget their shortcomings. We forget that Moses, the lawmaker, the one who said, let my people go, was not Charlton Heston. He didn't speak that well. If you don't know who that is, you might have to Google it, but it's all right. Scripture tells us Moses didn't speak well, it, and most likely he had a speech impediment. But God called Moses nonetheless. Jonah, the prophet Jonah, God said, go to Nineveh. Jonah said, I don't think so. He ran the other way. Jacob lied. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the third in that list that often in Old Testament get named of who the, who the fathers of the people of Israel are. He lied about who he was to his dad so that he would get his brother's blessing and his brother's inheritance. Rahab was a prostitute. David was a mess. He had an affair, had the husband killed, other things. Jeremiah, the prophet, was depressed. He was depressed a lot. Solomon was rich. 
financially and in wisdom, but he was poor in lifestyle. John the Baptist was just plain poor. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. Sarah and Hannah were barren. Naomi was a widow. Gideon and Thomas both doubted. Peter lacked self-control. James and John were self-righteous. I'm better. Put me at your left or right hand, Jesus. Paul had a short fuse. Peter had a short fuse. Moses had a short fuse. A lot of them had short fuses. And the way that that video wraps up, I love this. It's God's army isn't perfect and never has been. It's the march of the unqualified. Sometimes we're waiting for God to get us ready to embrace whatever call he's put on our hearts, or for us to get ourselves ready, rather. But when God calls us to a thing, God will get us ready. It is the ultimate on-the-job training to follow God's call. My call to ordain ministry followed a lot of school. Me and you, too. You went to school for one thing, then you got to go to school for another thing. And life is ongoing learning, as all of us do in life. I wasn't ready for that. I, I did not speak in public. I did not talk in front of people. I grew up the most shy child hiding behind my mom or dad's leg whenever we met somebody new. Remember looking at my pastors thinking, who in the world would want that job? But God got me ready. God continuing to get me ready for what's next. Because even though the call remains, the circumstances change. Now, some people will say their call has changed, and, that, and I imagine that's true. God called me to this at this point in my life, and now God's calling me to that. And that's, and that's, and that's valid. But lots of times, our call remains the same, and just our circumstances change. My encouragement to, for you today is if you have not even considered that God is calling you to, to a work and a purpose for his kingdom, to open yourself up to that. To open yourself up that God is calling you to do something for his kingdom good. And not to put the, yes, God, but, once you hear it. And if you have heard that call and you are putting that, I'm not so sure, continue to pray about that. Share those thoughts with people you trust. And if there's an outside recognition of that, much like Eli to Samuel, then explore it further. It doesn't mean it's a done deal, but it continue to explore it. Continue to share it with trusted people. Continue to look for those who might help you grow into that. And then pursue whatever God is calling you to do. God, God has a purpose for each of us, a kingdom purpose for his kingdom good. We are wonderfully and uniquely made individuals. We are born with, well, as we come into faith, we are uh, given gifts, spiritual gifts. As we grow, we uh, gain skills and abilities from other places. And oftentimes, God calls all of that into, into his use for us, into our ministry, whatever that ministry, whether it's in the church or outside of the church, whether it's a part of the church, um, universal, or it just happens to be for God's kingdom and has nothing to do with any particular church. Each of us is called by God. Through our baptisms, each of us is made a minister of faith in Jesus Christ. 
May we all continue to embrace, may we all embrace that call, continue to grow in that call, and live into it for the good of God's kingdom. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and giving God, as you reminded us last week and continue to do so, you bless us as we seek to follow your will and way. But you don't bless us for our own mean, for our own selves and just for to keep to ourselves, but you bless us so that we might indeed be a blessing to others. And as we live into that blessing, it's attached to this call, this direction of our blessing. What do we do with the things that you have given to us? What do we do with the abilities that you have helped us to gain? What do we do with the gifts that you have graced us with? Lord, help us to continue to listen for your voice. Help us to continue to explore how we can serve you and your kingdom and your people. Help us to live fully into those whom you have called and created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.